Hi everyone, I'm Riley Blanks, your hostess and the creator of Woke Beauty, a storytelling platform reimagining the everyday act of self-celebration for and by all women. This show brings you unfiltered conversations with a dynamic myriad of female visionaries who have developed personal success despite trauma and hardship by leaning into grit and discernment. We explore the messy, interwoven realities of mental health, holistic wellness, intricate family dynamics, racial complexity, and the exceptional discoveries that lead to fulfillment. This is our pledge to the power of resilience and the impact of perspective. Angelica Ray has an artistic journey that truly spans the globe. Her music and art reflects her journey of femininity, sensuality, and self-love. Born of a Spanish musician father and an American theater actress mother, Angelica split her childhood between Spain, Japan, and landed in the United States as a young teenager. While her early singles show an impressive range of vocal talent and songwriting abilities, it's the intimacy and sensuality in her debut album, Reina, that has media and fans likening her to artists ranging from Sade to Solange. A pioneer for self-love, Angelica seamlessly speaks and sings about her personal journey of reflection and rebirth. She reminds me that though life holds pain, a sense of ease and comfort can be manifested. You might hear in her voice that she talks through smiles. How are you doing? What's how you were in Colorado, right? It's so beautiful. I was, was all it over. Colorado. Um, okay. I went. I went all over the place. Uh, I went with my boyfriend. We took a big, like almost a month long road trip. Basically, we were just, you know, as everyone is, just like a little tired of just yeah being in the same space. And we, you know, I'm I'm from Spain originally, so like we normally take time in the summer or like around this time of year when it gets really hot to go there and spend a good amount of time and see family and whatever. And so not being able to do that right now, we were like, okay, what's a way to kind of break out of just the same routine and just kind of get a fresh glimpse of this place. And also just with all the things going on in the country right now, just honestly wanting to kind of connect to some of the beautiful parts, you know? Um, and so we just, we just rented a car for a couple of weeks and took a trip all the way to like the top Northwestern part of the country and to all the way down. I hadn't been to Olympic or Yosemite or any of these places. So it was cool to take a chance to just like discover the States. Cause I've traveled so much internationally. And so for me, it was really cool to just really connect with nature and just go for it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It was nice to yeah, just break out like of Yeah. 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 I feel you. It looked like you had a beautiful a beautiful trip. I loved all the pictures and I love the way that Joe describes you. He's he's amazing. So like enamored by you, I feel like, which is really (laughs) sweet and oftentimes lost in couples, you know? Oh yeah. So yeah. 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 Um, it's also crazy like just thinking about all the countries you've been, how vast America is. I feel like 
we forget yeah. how diverse the landscape is oh culturally, yes. environmentally. Like there's so much to explore here. Oh my know? gosh, it's nuts. And it's so um, huge. <laughs> so it's just, we forget that sometimes when we're in our bubbles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's easy to get stuck for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How are things going with like music and stuff? I'm just talking to you. Like some of it's this cool. maybe will be used. I That's don't know, but I'm just like, how are you? <laughs> I know we haven't seen each other for a while. Um, it's been a obviously strange time for everyone. Intense in a lot of ways. I mean, I had a whole North America tour booked <laughs> for right, you know, like in the spring. So it was like, you know, yeah, for your debut album, it was just like <laughs> there know. was a lot of like emotional roller coaster rides happening at initially, just because you know I, I had been planning all of the stuff I've been doing for like over a year, you know, more, maybe more like almost two years of planning and, you know, investment and like, you know, working on the album, making the album, putting it out, you know, getting my band together, starting to do shows. And I was just in a place of just like, I was in that rhythm of like, you know, and, and it, it's like with any business, you know, it takes a lot of investing to get to just a break even mode. And so I was still working on that, you know, the, the neutral ground, not even, you know, so it was just like to be halted in the middle of a process of trying to build this thing and, and, and do and put myself out there in this way that was new. And, you know, it was just like, no, <laughs> why? Um, so it was, um, it was a little hard to just feel just kind of powerless in that way. I know a, a lot of people can relate and a lot of people have it a lot worse than me. You know, it's like, I, I keep trying to put perspective in the mix, you know, and really just like stay in gratitude for the things I do have. You know, I have a great home. I live in a beautiful place with space and I have a great partnership and, you know, my family's healthy. You know, I'm, I'm trying to just continuously remind myself of those things right now. Um, you know, it sometimes does kind of come there and, you know, kind of mess with you a little bit just because it's like all the effort and energy and and intention and 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 you know just time and <laughs> heart put into something and then having it just all stop is it's just hard uh, you know it's hard hard to deal with so yeah so that's the honest truth <laughs> but yeah I feel you I mean for me the the event was the wedding yeah it's a completely oh, different situation and oh. like not passion related necessarily but the, and at least matter. on a timeline I understand as far as like the the scope you know it was, it was similar like two years you know like together for so yeah. long there was so much opportunity to get married earlier yeah, yeah. you know um and just looking at like and I maybe you've dealt with this too like it's not just like the wedding or it's not just like the tour it's like 500,000 other mm -hmm. things you know it's like bring together people from abroad that would have never met your friends from college or like getting your, like your grandma's there. You don't know how much time that they have left or like having kids, like having a whole plan and then just, yeah. nope, <laughs> like, Oh, okay. But we have to, the, the vision isn't always like a thing, no matter how hard you try or how much you want it, it doesn't always work out that way. And I feel like at least for me as like a creative person, that's like, heart-wrenching just the concept of like this futuristic thing not happening it's like what yeah, yeah I tried like, so hard it wasn't enough <laughs> and feeling also like you know a lack of control and it, it does sort of humble you though to remember that we aren't in control of timing and and also you know I always think about all the things that happened to me in my life that you know I could have never predicted and you know being in like a surrender place and how profound that is and how beautiful that's been you know when I've when I have been able to flow with life 
and, and, and trust it, you know? And so again, I'm just trying to keep connecting to that. And, and some days are better than others. Some days I fail miserably <laughs> and some days I, you know, I tap into it a little bit better. And that's, that's honestly like what I'm trying to just stay in right now. So, but I, I, I feel like <laughs> this might be a tender question, but I'm just trying to imagine like, what does it look like when you feel miserably? I feel like when you talk, even when you talk about things that aren't pleasant, you're smiling. Like yes. you, you have a smile talk, yes. you know? I, I, I've been <laughs> and so I'm like, what does it look like when you don't smile? I can't imagine. I mean, I've seen in your pictures, like there's this sultry thing, right? But I mean, literally <laughs> in real life, when you're not, when you're not in front of a camera, I'm like, what does she look like when she's sad? I mean, that's, prob <laughs> that's probably just conditioning, honestly. Like, it's probably, you know, I'm a performer. So, you know, I think that's something that I've had to explore more for sure. Like, my therapist asked me the same question. Like, why do you smile when you say this thing? Like, what if it's not okay? Like, you don't have to act like it's okay if it's not, you know? And I think that that's the thing I'm still learning how to do. And I think I, as somebody who has grown up between so many different types of cultures, I think sometimes, like, just... I, there's so many different types of codes that I've had to operate under. And I think that's part of it for me too, you know, in certain cultures, like in the States, especially, you know, it's like people will smile in your face and sometimes behind your back, do another thing, you know, culturally, like you're, it's, it's, it's a place that values kindness and sometimes it's sincere and sometimes it's not. And it's like learning how to like understand, for example, sarcasm was like a foreign concept to me when I moved here, you know, like things like that, you know, so it's like you have that and then you have cultures. Like, I mean, I, I lived in Japan as a kid and like, that's a place where like, you literally don't look a stranger in the eye. You know, you don't make eye contact with someone you don't know if it's a very respectful place. It's not an emotional place. You don't express emotion. You don't burden others with emotion, you know? And then like Spain, which is like where my roots are. And I also spent time there as a kid. Like if somebody's pissed off, you're going to know, you know, that's what all the, all the Spaniards that I know always tease me that like, that's when I know that you like are like, you have American in you because you like smile too much. You <laughs> smiling and it's like that that's kind of like something i i've had to reflect on a lot of like you know so it, it you don't always have to you know be in people pleaser mode and that's something i'm still learning as a person as a woman especially i think that that's a thing that's ingrained in us as women and um and that i've learned growing up and so i i definitely you know it's something that i i reflect on a lot of like how that's expressed and how we you know sometimes are we tiptoe around certain people to, you know, from a genuine place, I think of not wanting to inconvenience somebody or, or burden somebody with something that you're wrestling with. But sometimes, you know, someone else, I feel like will resonate with struggle and with sadness and with emotion in a way that brings you closer. It's not a burden. It's an, it's an ability to be human together. And I think that like, I personally also seek that out in other people that like sincerity and that emotional openness and vulnerability. Vulnerability is so big for me. And I think for me, musically, I've been able to go there so much easier than in my personal, just conversational day-to-day -day self. I think, you know, that's been a portal for me to like unleash a lot of that stuff that I thought was, I was either ashamed of or scared to share, or just like that was vulnerable and, 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 and seemed either just wrong or, or weak or, or whatever, you know, flawed in some way. And so I think, you know, in some ways, I sometimes will joke that sometimes my musical self is a little more advanced <laughs> than I am. And like she's teaching me something that I will later on be like, oh, wow. How did <laughs> That's when you know it comes from another place. You know, it's, it's something that comes to you because, you know, sometimes I'll teach myself something in advance, you know, and then later on be like, wow, okay, I guess I just needed to, I needed to hear that again, you know, or whatever it is.
So anyways, <laughs> you know, I've been just, you know, trying to grapple with the whole tour cancellation and figure out sort of also myself, because, you know, I think one of the things, I think we all do this probably, but I think especially for me, I can say that I have struggled with just really attaching my identity to what I do. And I think a lot of us can relate to that, especially I think, you know, an artist, you know, we're putting a lot of ourselves out there, right? So I have really, you know, spent a lot of time trying to sort of remember that I'm a person too, um, outside of what I do and not attaching so much of my worth to my output. And so this has been a time for me to really have to really get even deeper into that and, you know, just like sit with myself, you know, because I can't distract myself with what I'm doing in my music and my art and my performing, you know, I'm here at home in the same space, you know, and, and I have to remember that that's okay too. And that's enough too. And that's just, just as important as my, if not more important than my musical self, you know, that's really interesting about what you said. I feel like interesting is not complex of a word, but um, just, I don't know. I, yeah, that really resonates with me. Like, who are you without your passion? Yeah, we're such a, we're such a productivity culture, you know. We, we we really, we celebrate productivity. We celebrate, you know, like, you know, doing things and getting things and, you know, making things. And that is amazing, you know, when we create. I mean, I'm a, I'm a create. We're, we're both creative people. I think everyone is inherently mm -hmm. creative. We all do that in a different way, express that in a different way. But we are creative. We are creative beings. Um but again, it's like, again, it goes into, you know, that like masculine feminine energy, just like balancing out the do with the, the, the pause and the rest and the re regrouping. And I, you know, I'm constantly trying to keep that balance and um, relearn it all the time. So this has been like, definitely, a you know, the world's way I think of forcing a lot of us to do. Yeah. Okay, let's rewind. I mean, yeah. we could just go down that path. I mean, we've spent 20 minutes going completely <laughs> off script, which is very typical. Um, but I would love to know where you were born and how you identify with that place. This is, I have a very strange mix of things. So, I mean, I mean you do you have the same. Yeah. So you, you understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. I don't identify at all with where I was born. I was born in Morgantown, West Virginia. As I was, when I was born, my father comes from Zamora, Spain. My parents met in Tucson, Arizona. He toured with the musical group, met my mom. She was in a local theater company in Tucson. They met. And basically, my dad always wanted to be a dentist, random. So he, the only school in the country that would accept someone who basically didn't speak English was West Virginia University. So he went there and studied dentistry, joined the Navy right as I was born. And so then we started moving. And actually, the first place I like really lived was Japan. Um, I lived there and I went to like a Japanese kindergarten. Um, I, that was like kind of my early life. And then when I was around five, we moved to Spain. We actually went back and forth between Japan, Japan and Spain until I was about 13, 14. And then we moved to Durango, Colorado, which was honestly the biggest culture shock of all, um, <laughs> having lived between Asia and Europe my whole life, um, which are completely different. So it, yeah, it's it was a very interesting way to grow up. But I think in the end, I'm just always, I always just am so thankful that I did because like of what I kind of touched on before, you know, the cultures couldn't be more different between the three. Um, and I got to just see so much in between. I mean, my, my parents kept performing my whole life. So they would take us with them all around. They would go to Korea or they would go to Germany or Italy. I've just, I got to experience so much as a kid and so many just different types of existences and cultures and, 
and ways of being. And I just, I think I learned from an early age to really understand that there's not a right or wrong way to be, you know, as humans, you know, and, and there's so many different ways to exist and it all works in for different reasons and different ways in different places. And so I think that that has kept me very open throughout my life. And I, I, I'm really grateful for that because I think, um, you know, I don't think I could have gone through all those things without, <laughs> without that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's how I grew up and then landed in Colorado and then um, went to college in Tucson. And then I made my way to L.A. as after I graduated to pursue music. So that, that's kind of like the, the short version of all the all the travels. But wait, that so that makes me want to ask a question that is kind of problematic, maybe. And you don't have to answer it. <laughs> um, but when you're talking about feeling open and, and seeing that mm -hmm. there is no necessarily like right or wrong in people, like people are just different. It made me want to ask you, do you believe that there are good people and bad people? I I have a hard time with that question. I mean, it's a hard question just because I don't want to believe that there are bad people inherently. I just, I think that so much of the things that affect a person are just conditions that they're in. And I don't think that like, I don't think that's how we start off, you know? And I, I think that it, everything is relative, you know? So I think that most people are, are at their core good. I think that we're just, we're sponges, you know, we, we absorb everything that we're around, especially, you know, babies. So I think that it's, it's really about environment. So, I, I mean, I, again, I'm grateful. I had beautiful, loving parents, like in the course of all of that, that was my, those, those are my roots, you know, in the end, it wasn't ever a place that was my home or my, you know, my, my identity was more rooted in my, my unit. And, and I had to find kind of like groundedness in myself and in my practices and in my rituals and in, in my people, you know, in, in like my family and my loved ones. So I think, you know, again, I think it all boils down to environment, honestly. Yeah, I think that's so well said. And yeah, we should write that down, put it on a billboard, <laughs> yeah. put it on a billboard that exists, you know, yeah. in Japan and Spain yeah. and Colorado yeah. and California. Yeah, um, yeah I think. I think like I might, I knew that the answer would be somehow profound. And so I just wanted you to, to say it <laughs> so other people could hear it too. Um, and so within yourself, like how do you identify? Like what's the first thing that comes to mind if I say, how do you identify? Yeah, I, I've sought to remove the cultural part from it a lot during my life just because that's always been a confusing question. But I, I do feel very connected to my spirit my Spanish roots. I, you know, especially like you said, linguistically, you know, I, I, I make music in Spanish. I really emotionally connect to that side of myself. Um, so that is usually what I'll say. Um, but a lot of times I'll just be like, well, you know, or I'm like half, half, you know, half Spanish, half American, you know, in Spain, it's like, you kind of got to go into a little bit more context just because, you know, I guess I smile too much in Spain. For Spain <laughs> um, so yeah. So, you know, it's usually somewhere in there. Um, and, and, and yeah, but I, I identify most of all just as, as a, as a woman and artist, I, I tend to go to those words instead of cultural as often as possible, just because I feel like that's what I'm, that's what I'm giving, uh, you know, that's, that feels more appropriate, but 
I guess it just depends on the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are the main, I guess I would say the main ways I would describe it. But it's always a hard question. It's one I've grappled with my whole life. I'm sure you, you're the same. You know, it's, totally. it's hard to really describe. It's like, do you want the, the cliff notes or do you want me to just go on <laughs> the whole novel? Of, you know? Yeah, and if it. so, which direction? Because each yeah. chapter is a circle. So exactly. Exactly. yeah, yeah. with yeah. you wholeheartedly on that. Yeah. And of yeah, course, I don't, you're going I was going to say, if you ask me, you know, to define myself by where I was born, you're not going to get anything about me because I don't even know that place. I, I didn't spend any time there. I don't have any connection to it. You know, I, I don't, I, I can't describe myself with that small fact when some people do describe yeah. themselves by how they're born. So it's just like, it's a complicated question for sure. Well, and I don't think it's, I think it's, it makes total sense that you're like, well, it depends on the room, you know, because that's how yeah. you were raised. There were many rooms. Yeah. If you if someone asks you where are you from, what do you say then? I usually say, well, again, if they pose it by where I live, it's way easier. <laughs> but I usually yeah. say, I usually just say Spain to keep it simple at this point. I I yeah. used to kind of go into more, uh, but it's like you know, in the end, that's that's really it. That's where my roots are. That's you know, still a big part of my family is. That's you know where I really I really connect to on a you know spiritual level. So let's just keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> just keep it keep it easy no I think that's so true I um I've been told like just pick just pick and it can change from person to person like what are they really trying to to gather from asking that question yeah. anyway I do think many are yeah. trying to to put you somewhere they want to like envision you in that place and be like oh okay that makes sense you know yeah. but yeah like how important or significant is it really because I think I used to be like oh this answer determines every yeah. part of my being and so therefore it must be like correct yeah. you know how do you how do you land you know and why is it so important yeah. so it becomes just so much like more intense than you maybe wanted to be yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say while you were saying that um I feel like especially right now you know with with social media and with just our culture around that stuff we are quick to feel pressured to brand ourselves you know there's a lot of you know a lot of that. So it's like, how, you know, how do you sum yourself up in the 140 characters that you have? And, you know, it's just like reduce, reduce, reduce. And that's not, I, it's not an easy thing to do. And it's like, it's no, it's a lot more than just this one thing. You know, I, how can I say what I am in a word? I can't, you know, so I understand that. Yeah, I think everybody probably has that, you know, that difficulty, especially because we're right now so fixated on this, you know, seeing ourselves as this thing. Right. And so I think, um, I, I like to kind of now, because culture is so, you know, revolved around that, I think I like to spend time with people that want to dig deeper. You know, I like I like going back to that and remembering, wow, you know, I don't have to summarize it here. You know, I can actually, you know, we can we can talk about these little nuances because how cool that we have all these little little things that, you know, that that are unique. Yeah. And so it's refreshing to be able to go there, you know, with the right right people for sure. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Um, I just had to like, I'm doing like a brand audit and I had to like list my core values. And one of them was intensity. I didn't want to say depth or passion. Like I wanted to, I wanted to make it, of course, like a little bit more complicated, but it's mm -hmm. a word that people have used frequently to describe me. And I think like though it's a personality trait, I think it's also something I deeply value. Like 
even though I think yeah. it's oftentimes seen as not, like not necessarily a good thing, I actually kind of like that I'm that way, you know, which I think I came to terms with recently. But when I elaborated on like what the, what is the definition of intensity, I was like, oh, well, I think it's like this deep desire to just like scrape beneath the surface, you know, and know that like there could be darkness and there could be fear and there could be a lot of like elements that are really scary and uncomfortable, but mm -hmm. I don't care because yeah. I would rather feel all of that than just yeah. like bob. Uh, what's it called? What is? What do they do? They bob. I think bop, bob. I don't know. What does something do when it floats? <laughs> float. When they float on the surface, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. So anyway, and also yeah. I think I, I think a thing that I've realized for myself too is like the need to classify something as good or bad because like intensity. Does, why does? Why does? Why do we go to instantly go to that being a bad thing why yeah it doesn't have to be yeah you know so that's another thing to like I'm trying to be more careful about that too because it why why is if I have an intense passionate nature that that doesn't necessarily mean positive or negative that's just something that to to further color give you a better sense of just the color of something you know and like the detail of something and that you know, the uniqueness of something. That's, that's all. It's, it's more information. It's not negative. You know yes. what I mean? So, yeah. 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 It sounds like you practice non-judgment, you know? Um, I, I try. Yeah. I definitely, I, I'm very self-critical. So I tend to like have the hardest time when it comes to doing that towards myself. That's, that's the one thing that I, I still, you know, again, depending on the day, <laughs> I, I have a hard time with that. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that's a really important thing to 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 keep close. So to segue into your debut album, you I know it's a lot about your personal journey and mm -hmm. you sort of like blossoming into into yourself is how I see it. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us like through words, like not through a song? And I know that that sometimes you, which you said, and I love that, like musically, it might go further. The music teaches you how to speak, right? Um, yes, yes. And you can sing if you want, <laughs> whatever works for you. Um, but yeah, can you tell us what that means? Like, what what are the components of the personal journey? In terms of like that, the album itself. Yeah, sure. And the album itself, and then like also in the album as a reflection of your life. Like, what were you yeah. exploring exploring there? I mean, Reina for me was just f coming into myself as as a woman, really, and and thinking about, you know, I, I th thought a lot about like my teenage self, for example, and like what I would want her to get from what I was creating. So it was a lot of like, you know, what I was talking about before, sometimes I talk to myself, I learn in the future, but it was also thinking about my past self and, and that full circle in coming full circle into owning all the things that maybe when I was younger, I, I didn't accept about myself and owning, you know, a lot of the, the things that I thought maybe weren't either beautiful or right or whatever, you know, some of the, just the vulnerability and the, 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 the parts of myself I maybe hid or whatever. Um, but it was really just like owning, owning the self was really the, the core theme. And, and to the point where like you kind of come in tune with that, royal self inside that's reina means queen and it, it it's it's really like wanting to be the person you are coming into that break you know re recognizing certain cycles that you might have 
you know, sabotage cycles maybe or whatever it is and, and choosing to break them, you know, whether that's like, you know, relationships that maybe didn't serve you or, or other things. Um, and so it, it, it's kind of a three-parter. It starts off with sort of a reflective state and kind of going into a lot of these things. I even, it starts off with a poem called Mujer, which also talks about like ancestry and, and, and thinking about like the women that have come before me and that will come after me and, and what role I want to play in that and why I love being a woman. And, and, and so that goes from that into a reflection period of, of, like I said, some of the, you know, maybe cycles that didn't serve me or relationships or whatever, and, and going into the self and kind of the second part is sort of like a rebirth and like reowning myself. And then the last part is stepping into the queen self and that queen self is the self that like sees that royalty in others too, you know, is, is able to kind of, you know, the, the, you know how they say, you know, you have to start with loving yourself before you can truly love others. It's like really trying to like keep that, you know, close to the heart. And then that ends up bringing a relationship in, into the picture too, of like somebody who, you know, you kind of seeing the royalty in each other, loving each other in that, that royal way. And that's where that's where the album kind of you know took me, and, that, and I I did you know find a relationship in the time that I was making the album and stuff. It was all very autobiographical in terms of you know my journey as as a woman as an artist. You know I I was in LA in a place that it just wasn't. I I was in sort of a cycle of just sabotage. I was in an industry that I you know I was writing songs for other artists, and you know I was writing songs from a place that was you know valuing more like a trendiness and um uh yeah commercial commercial you know commerciability or whatever that, that yeah. word would be you know how how, how appeal or marketing how, yeah how catchy can we make this you know how quickly can we get this to radio as opposed right. to like no like what do we want to say as women like you know it's, i think especially you know writing like songs for female artists and, and and being in like latin the latin space it's like a very there's um a lot of men drive the content and um it's a very the kind of oftentimes machista culture in, in terms of just like, you know, very sexualized, you know, female stereotypes and, and um, very competitive, you know, like there's like that one spot and like all the women trying to be that one thing and all, all the guys basically writing the songs for the, it's like, how do you know how to tell this story? You know, like, this is not, this isn't your story to tell, you know? And it's like, maybe we don't want to do this. So maybe we don't want to put on this, you know, very revealing outfit and dance this certain way and sing this poppy poppy song. You know, it's, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't all we are, you know, it's nothing wrong with, you know, sexuality and expressing that. I, I, I think that that's a really important thing that we as women should be able to do comfortably. Um, but I also think that like we taking charge of our own narrative is really important. And so that's what I wanted to do with this album. I, I, I really, you know, I left LA, I came to Austin. I, I really isolated myself during this time. It was a lot of solitude, a lot of just like exploring the self. And I literally made, like I was saying when we started this, I, like this gear right here, this computer, this microphone, my interface. I was in various different, you know, Airbnbs and stuff here. Um, just spending time by myself, writing these songs, just grappling with all of these different things and, you know, kind of coming out the other side with, with this. So it's kind of how, you know, just that's what took me to it. Um, it was yeah. just all very much like processing all of that experience and deciding to like tell a story that I felt was authentic and vulnerable and real and also spoke to like, you know, spoke to a younger me in a way that I would be proud of. You know, I, I one of the singles was a song called Templo, which means temple. I and, love uh, that song. <laughs> Thank you. It's one of my favorites. 
Yeah, that's that's you know I think all of us, women and men, can can relate to it in in the sense of like, I think we oftentimes don't view our body in the most positive light. I think a lot of times we forget like how amazing it is, and we forget to honor it. You know, we either give it away very very easily, or we or we criticize it very easily, or we judge it. Um, and so that was like that was I think the first song that I actually wrote without even knowing I was writing an album yet. That was like. Um, early on, I was just kind of, it was like a, a time of sort of like letting LA go and like the industry and all these pressures that I had put on myself to kind of perform in that environment, letting that go and coming back to just me and just writing songs to write them. And for the reasons that I felt were pure, you know, and just like, and, and to process the things that were happening in my head. And, and so it was really like a love letter to the body and, and, a, a mantra to sort of remind myself to honor the body and honor my body and, and, and celebrate it, you know, treat it as the temple, treat it like the temple that it is, you know? So it's just like songs like that, just, you know, coming, coming back to, to the roots of who I am to the core of it. And just like trying to put that out there in a way that hopefully, you know, uplifts others too. How do you sit in solitude without feeling lonely? That's a great question. I think growing up the way that I did, I, you know, I was in so many different types of environments. And a lot of them, I just like, I struggled with belonging a lot as a kid. And I, I still have that those moments now where like, I think sometimes isolation is my comfort zone, because I don't have to fit, I don't have to explain myself, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to be uncomfortable in, in, in those ways, you know, when you're in like foreign places, you know, I moved every, every year or two, you know, my life. So, you know, different schools, different things. It was just always like almost overwhelming to be in those environments. I learned how to do that. Well, you know, how, how to just survive and, you know, talk to people and <laughs> you know just go for it. But I, I think I, I kind of was, um, I learned to love solitude and so I think that's why I felt safe in that space, creating this music, as opposed to, you know, a lot of times collaborating. I love collaborating with other people, but I think a lot of the time I spent in LA in the industry framework, you know, getting in a room with like three other writers to make a song, very simplified song that would be catchy. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I kind of got disconnected with why I love to write songs. And so I think being in solitude was the most natural way for me to like really go there you know, and it was, it was, it was sort of like coming home to myself, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't think, I, I think loneliness is something I, I, I don't associate all the time with solitude. A lot of times I think I've been more lonely when I've been surrounded by people, you know, a lot of, in a lot of my life that, or an environment that I just didn't quite feel, you know, safe being myself in. So I kind of have it backwards. I think, I think with those two things, to be honest. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm now learning, you know, all the time how to just continue to show up as myself and not have to switch who I am around different people. You know, I think, again, that goes into this whole mix of identities that we've talked about. And, you know, I, I, I think we all have this, you know, tendency sometimes to sort of like do, you know, please the, you know, do, do the thing that is the most pleasing or less, less offensive in whatever room we find ourselves in, you know, I, and I learned to do that just to get by, but I'm trying to now undo that habit so that I can just be authentically myself because that's where you really, you find the kindreds and, you know, that's the way to feel the least alone. So going back to sensuality and coming into your body, can you describe that process? 
There's so much there. Um, for me, I again, it's like I think all these things root to childhood. I, I, you know, I lived as a as a kid and also part of my adolescence in Japan, and I was very large compared to most people I went to school with, especially boys. I was, I, you know, I, I blossomed <laughs> in my adolescence <laughs> at that time. So I think I had a very I was just very insecure. I felt very large, you know, in that environment. And then, you know, again, I think those are things that somehow get stuck in there. And then you realize later in life that they're in you. And so I think that that was one of the things that definitely affected how I viewed my body, because I think I had a very dysmorphic sense of my body in, you know, when like my teenage, you know, high school, 20s. And I think also, you know, I, like I am very Spanish in the way I express myself, the way I look. And I think that that sometimes was sort of fetishized in in those times, you know, in like teenage years, you know, I got like a lot of attention from like older, you know. So I, I think that those were things that made me kind of suppress my my body, my sexuality for a long time. Also, like being in the music industry and stuff and working largely with men and around men, I always you know, I didn't want that to become a thing, right? I didn't want to, you know, have that be out there because that was a very vulnerable thing in that environment. There's, there, you know, it wasn't a safe, you know, thing for me to express. You know what I mean? I didn't want anything to, you know, come into the room that was, you know, extra. I wanted to be regarded, you know, in a professional way. And, you know, so I, I think that that blocked me to that side of myself, those kind of combination of different things. And, um, I think, you know, it, you know, in the time of writing Reina, I kind of just got to a place where I was like, you know what, I'm a freaking woman. I, this is it. This is what I am. If I'm going to own myself, this is part of me. It's a beautiful part of me. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to suppress that anymore. You know, I, I think there was a lot of healing that I needed to do. And it's something that I started to sort of express with my art first, like I said, and I just, I, you know, being on stage and, and being able to kind of just open up, like show my body in a way that I felt proud of and stuff that was like big steps for me and coming to terms with just seeing myself in a beautiful way. Photography helped me too. I, I started working with female photographers. I started to just like, you know, I, I think when women work together in these spaces, it's like a really beautiful healing thing because I love... I love inherently, I think women do want to celebrate each other. I think there's like this whole, the competition thing is something that is invented in a man's world because I don't think that we need to compete. I don't think that there's any desire really in the end of the day to compete when, I mean, how can you, when you look around and you see all the types of women and the, the, the types of beauty that exists in women I, and, and how amazing they are. So I think that that was a place that I felt safe expressing those things and in creating the album, it really like, it made me feel like I wanted to put that out there in that way, right? In that celebratory way. Um, so to me, like sensuality and sexuality and, and owning that has been very healing and feeling complete as, as a woman. And it helps to like have a partner that affirms that in you as well in a healthy way, you know, and it affirms your body, how, whatever state it's in, you know, it's not just about like weight and about, you know, all those, like, those are just small, like, this is something more than just the mass, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an expression of us, you know, and it's, it's something that like, is, it's symbolic with life and, and, you know, and like being able to, to be. So it's just like, all of it is positive. All of it is beautiful if we let it be, you know, but we are so ingrained to criticize 
and 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 make ourselves small maybe or whatever it is that we you know culturally have been conditioned to to feel like we have to do so i just like continuously i have to remind myself every day to break that break that tendency and and break you know that self talk and change it and and make it more of a just a pride and 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 a gratitude and and remembering like this is home you know this is really mm-hmm. what this is home right here you know so got to got to love it and honor it you know your art is a great example of that you know you thank you do you, you do that like through that perfect example you know and i, I think <laughs> that's that's what also i've i've really gained a lot of I've just gotten a lot of joy out of like a visual art. You know, I've been like, I started off with charcoals. I was going to figure drawing classes before all this COVID stuff happened, like before my first tour. And I was like drawing all these different bodies. And I was like, wow, I, this is beautiful. Like, oh my gosh, like the way that this role happens here is so amazing. Oh my God, the curve. And like, and I was like, wow, what if I looked at my own body this way? You know, like, mm. why am I not doing that with myself? You know, and it was just so funny. I, I feel like I've, I'm behind on, on giving these things back to myself a lot of the time, you know? And so, um, the, you know, and I, I know you've done like self-portraits and things like that. I think, you know, when you're able to turn the mirror around for a change and like actually like do that back to yourself, wow, like there's no bigger form of self-love. And it's sometimes it's so uncomfortable to do, so uncomfortable. But man, like I, we, we all gotta, we gotta start going there, I think, collectively, because there's just so much to gain from that. Do you find, um, do you find it difficult to separate like what you're passionate about from your career? Like, you know, <laughs> we were, you were talking about separating the self from the activity or the creative mm-hmm. pursuit or the passion. What about separating the passion from how you make money or how you support yep. yourself or your like That's career crazy. trajectory? How That's do you crazy. find that? It's so hard, right? It's so hard. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I don't know the answer. I think, it, I don't know. I, I really don't know the answer to that. It's, I think the biggest struggle for every artistic person or anyone who does you know, their career is their expression or their passion or whatever. I think that that's, it's like the biggest honor and joy and privilege to do that, like what you love for a living, but it also like sometimes can change your relationship with the thing. You know, with music, I had, I had to own that. I, I definitely, you know, my time in LA kind of turned into this sort of rat race thing. And I kind of forgot why I loved what I did for a minute because I wasn't really doing it the right reasons maybe or in the right environment or I just lost lost the connection to the part of it that was actually feeding me on a soul level you know which is what we all feel when we do the thing that we love you know and so I I think I had to sort of rediscover that and kind of release some of like the jaded energy that I had when it was attached to the industry and the performance and the statistics and the you know, it's it's like, it's just the same thing as separating the self from the thing. It's like having to remember the actual connection that we have on that deeper level to this thing. And, and like kind of rediscovering it, I think, in as we go along, you know, and like kind of trying to approach it again, like with that child, that inner child that we, you know, that has this awe and wonder around creation and, and, and that sort of like, the, the soothing that you get from doing that thing, you know, because when you are in mm. performance mode, it's not, it's not soothing. It's, it's this exertion, it's more pressure and it's a harder environment to do the thing in. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't conduce, it's not conducive to the creative spirit, the, the, the flow and the, and like the, you know, you're, you're not, when you're in creative mode, you know, if you're criticizing or judging or 
or already editing before you let it out, then you're not going to get anywhere. So I think it's like, it's literally two different things, you know? So I think, again, it's like, it's like, that. that's why a lot of artists like make terrible like managers or whatever, you know what I mean? Because it's, it really is two different headspaces to do a thing as a career and, and to actually like create a thing, you know, it's very, very different. Hmm. Yeah, that was so eloquently put. <laughs> love, love, love. I like want to re-listen to that. I will <laughs> later. <laughs> um, can you provide like any resources that you have found really useful in supporting you? Um, whether it's books you've read or or films or things you've listened to or even like people like mentors or like what has really supported you? What would you yeah. – what would you like maybe tell, you know, it could be a story about someone who's taught you something or, and also it could be, um, yeah, just like sort of like things that you would suggest that really moved um, you. Well, I mean, I, um, I, my relationship, my partnership is definitely a big one for me. Um, that's been huge. So that's first. And then I, and what has that taught you? Would you say? Yeah, I think just like, like being able to like, feel like I can be my full self and, and, and be loved for that, you know, whether it's like not always the most pleasant, even keeled thing or whether it is, you know, or just like feeling like able to just be that all, you know, vulnerable and, and, and just completely just real, you know, and, and feeling like that's all going to be embraced. You know, that that's a big thing, I think, just feeling that way, being able to like be as emotional as I need to be and still feel like that's okay. You know, I, I, those are all things that I, I have been very healing for me. So I think that that's like, that's mm. probably like at the top of the list, but I could go on and on and on, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you've probably already like heard of this or done this, but I really... I love the artist's way. I don't know if you, you've probably had people talk about this book or you probably know it, but not on the podcast yet, actually. Oh, really? Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's something that like, I literally just opened it up this morning. I've probably like done it multiple times, like in, in the last probably decade or so, maybe a little less than that, but like, it's always just present with me. I still every day do the morning pages, which is just at least three pages of just like freehand, just journaling, whatever comes out. Um, it's just a really amazing resource, I think, for anyone. I, I I don't like when people separate creatives from like regular people because I don't think they're, th that's not how it is. I, I really think that we all have a, a creative spirit, like I said before. And I think we all are able to nurture that no matter what, no matter what you devote yourself to, no matter what your career is, no matter what you love, like we all have that energy and that ability and it's going to manifest in different ways. And we all need to, like, I feel like we all should nurture that because it's going to make this world better. Like, honestly, I, I really, really, truly believe that. And this book, I think would serve anyone just because it like, it, it, it talks about creativity as like a spiritual practice. And again, when you were talking about how Sometimes we, you know, when we do something for a living, we get disconnected from the passion. And I think that's the thing that it reconnects you to is that sort of like the passion, the spiritual connection that you get from from being in that, whatever that is, your passion, your creative 
skill or a thing. Um, so yeah, so that, that's been something that like, no matter if I'm on tour or wherever I'm, I'm living or whatever I'm doing, I, I've stuck with like one of the main things in that book is, is this journaling practice. And it just, it's like been something that has kept me very grounded in times where everything else was in flux. And um, I still go back to it. I still, you know, especially like if you're, I, I feel like therapy is a beautiful thing and a really amazing thing. I just finally found a therapist in Austin. I'm really excited about it. I think it's something that everyone can benefit from. But if you maybe don't have access to that or you haven't explored that yet, this is another like way I think to go there because it just gives you so much just types of, it's so many things to reflect on in, in terms of maybe different blockages or barriers that you set for yourself and why. And it's, it's, really, it's really great. So I highly recommend that book. I could go on about that too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that book too. I it's easy for me to find resistance just oh, because yeah. they're they're such like they're activities, you oh, know, yes. and and there's definitely like a, a journey, like a there are phases to it. And so I'm like, I refuse to go to the next yes. until I get this one, you know. Yes. And I think um, you know when you were talking about being intense, right? I'm yeah. Like, I'm like you, right? I'm like, especially with what I do, I'm very I don't mess around. Okay. I'm like very, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that's not good because I sometimes will treat myself too intensely. And it's like, I love how in that book, you know, we talk about like the little kid in us, right. And, and nurturing yeah. her and, and that that's actually really the core of our artist is her, that little one inside. And so it's like, oh man, I have been like neglecting that voice, you know, and I've, I haven't allowed myself to play today or this week, or this month, or this year, like, I haven't allowed mm. space for, like, what, like, I'm gonna go buy some stickers, and like, what, you know, like, this it sounds like so silly, right, there's like little, you know, exercises, like you're talking about, that, you know, maybe we haven't done since we were, I don't know, 10 years old, yeah. and sometimes, like, yeah. going back to that place, even if just for, like, a half an hour, or something, like, doing something silly, or just, like, feeling the freedom to not be in intensity productivity mode. It's amazing, especially for people like us who are very, very passionate about what we do and we take it very seriously. And we, you know, we want to, we want to operate at a level. We, we're trying to give our best. So of course we're intense. <laughs> so true. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But like, but we can't, we can't forget the little one in there that is like so much a part of what we're giving and so much a part of our unique story and our unique point of view. And, and being willing to look at something maybe in a new way or whatever it is, you know, and not conform to a certain standard or rule, like that's all comes from our inner child. And I think that is a place to really, really try to connect with um, as often as we can. And I think, I think especially times like these where like we're, you know, we're at home maybe all the time or what, you know, it's like maybe like taking a, a couple minutes to do something that is not serious and productive is maybe a healthy thing because you know, if there's ever a time to do that, it's right now, <laughs> honestly. Angelica Ray is an artist, songwriter, and musician who can't be defined in 140 characters. You can find her on Instagram at Angelica Ray, that's Ray, R-A-H-E, or Spotify to hear her debut album, Reina, and a myriad of other incredible songs that your ears are dying to hear. 
Thank you so much for joining us. You can connect with us on Instagram at WokeBeauty or me at Riley Blanks and learn more at WokeBeauty.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Until next time, have a beautiful day, even if it's not that beautiful. Oh.